In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. admit something. When I started this podcast, I honestly didn't think that anyone would listen. And if there were just a few of you who did, I'd put you in touch with other psychics, healers, or like-minded spiritualists to help you in your self-discovery process and your spiritual journey. As the show has grown, you've reached out and asked me about my story. The podcast is, after all, called A Psychic Story. And of course, I share bits and pieces of my experiences during the guest interviews, but I realized that I've never fully shared how the heck I got into all of this. And what better time to share my story with you than on my birthday? This episode is dedicated to all of you, the listeners, and to those who reached out to me via email, voicemail, or on social media to share your thanks and even share your own stories about your experiences. It has given me the courage and the confidence to keep moving forward and to continue to give a platform for others to do the same. I've always said that if a psychic story helps just one person, then it has been worth it to me. So thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. One night when I was a little girl around three, I remember my dad explaining to me that as souls, we pick how and when we come into this world. Now, for anyone, let alone a three-year-old, this might be confusing, but when he told me that, I immediately replied that I knew exactly what he was talking about and told him the same story that I'm about to tell you now. I remember standing on what I would now describe as the edge of time and space, our universe. I was looking down on the earth from above and zoomed in through the clouds past the trees. From high above, I watched as a little girl in a rose-colored dress was playing in her front yard. I remember saying, there, her, she is going to be my mom. And I was so excited. As I went to sort of move forward, so to speak, this voice that was all around me and yet nowhere at all said, not yet, it's not time. I had this automatic knowing or thought pop in that it would be quite a while before I could go and a sense of the sadness crept in. But before I could even turn around, I was then being told that it was now time, What was maybe a nanosecond where I was in that particular moment was a good 20 plus years or so later on earth. I was then zipping straight down to earth. The next vivid memory I had was actually being born. On March 11th, 1978, as I physically came into this world, I was blinded by a bright light. I recall a doctor in scrubs, then being passed on to a nurse. I was wet and extremely cold. And as I took my first breath and began to cry, the next immediate thought I had was, not this again. 
Of course, as a three-year-old, I didn't use that exact language when telling this to my dad, but it is a feeling I have never quite shaken my entire life. Because as I think we can all agree, life here on Earth is not an easy task. And up until more recently, I have taken for granted what it means to be living as a spiritual being on this earth plane as a human being in this time and dimension in the here and now. I'll share more about that in another episode. Now, when my dad told my mom about my story, she will be the first to admit that she thought it was the work of a child's creative imagination, my dad putting ideas in my head, all that. My mom never wanted to crush my imagination or creativity growing up, so she just asked me a lot of questions, little questions over the course of a couple weeks. First, she asked me to repeat what I had told my dad, and I did. I told her I remembered other things too, like what my nursery had looked like when I was a baby. It was painted in a light yellow color, and it had a white crib. The crib was pushed up against one long wall with the head being near a window. Above the head of the crib was a painting of a kitten. My parents had only lived in that house when I was a newborn and didn't have any photos of my old nursery for a very short period of time, so I couldn't have recalled this from a picture. Needless to say, this was the beginning of both of my parents embracing the fact that I always would be a little different, maybe even a lot different from other kids. I remember growing up in adults, whether it was a teacher, aunt, or uncle, neighbor, telling me that one day I would get married and have kids of my own. And I'd reply with, no thanks. For some people, they want to create life. I have other things to do. I was five when I said that. Of course, I really didn't know why or how my life was going to be different. I just knew that the path felt different from the typical one society was trying to get me to take. And for a long time, I always had a sense of knowing what to do, what decisions to make along the way. But as I started to get older, primarily into my teenage years, I really began to suppress my spiritual awareness, intuition, and psychic abilities. I went to college, got that degree, check. Was hired for that first job out of school, check. With each paycheck, apartment, rented, boyfriend I dated, etc., I started to feel further and further away from my true self. The one who is happiest looking up at the stars, trying to decipher tarot cards, receiving messages from my angels. Another one of my earlier childhood memories is wondering what an imaginary friend was. I didn't have one. It sounded cool. And I had a lot of questions like, why do kids make up friends who weren't real? But also more importantly, why would adults tell kids that their quote unquote friends were imaginary? To me, Michael, who I now know is Archangel Michael, was my closest confidant, protector, and was always around. And he was very much real. It was confusing. Looking back, I can see that my anxiety started in high school and my first bout of depression started when I was a freshman in college. I thought for a long time that it was about losing control. I was leaving family after all, making new friends, didn't know for the first time what I wanted to do with my life, or at least was being questioned about what I wanted to do with my life. And there was absolutely no degree out there, at least where I ended up going to college at the time, for a bachelor's degree in reading crystal balls or tea leaves. But now I know the truth. The truth is that I began to really hide who I was in my core. I retreated more and more into that psychic closet. I was the person, the spiritual being, who was fueled by prayer, meditation, interpreting my dreams, or talking to animals and angels. I no longer recognized the communications and PR professional that I was turning into, the person who would listen to other people's news and stories, help them create their narrative, and tell it to the world. The further I climbed the corporate ladder, the more miserable I became. Each time I traded in my car, moved into a new place, got a promotion, dated someone, I felt empty. The doctors put me on medication, the therapist told me that I was under stress, 
or maybe I was even having some sort of early life crisis. I talked about my feelings, all right. I shared about romantic relationships, friendships, work, whatever the quote unquote normal things are that you're supposed to talk about. But deep down, I had a secret. I was afraid to tell them that I was a high functioning empath, a psychic, medium, and healer. I got my Reiki certification and eventually became a Reiki master. I had one group of friends that I'd go out with after work to restaurants, bars, and dancing, and another set of friends that I'd drink coffee with the next morning and talk about wookie wookie stuff or dissect our dreams from the night before. And I want to be clear, I am not knocking the role that modern medicine has in our society. I am a firm believer that there is a time and a place for it and that each person is different in what they need. Mental health is real and the stigmas and struggles around it are nothing to take lightly. But it was a huge issue for me to be dancing around the real issue. I had retreated further and further within myself, locking myself into this psychic closet, balancing between two worlds, one foot in one, one foot in the other. One night, almost two years ago, after several months of me just praying nonstop to my guides and angels for an answer on what to do next in my life, I had a rush of thoughts and ideas that started to download in my mind. And if there's any way that my angels know how to get my attention and to put me into action mode is that I need a plan. A PR marketing or communications plan is even better because that is what I have been doing for work 20 plus years of my life. There it was, the big idea with bullet point after bullet point right after the next in my mind's eye. Imagine that I'm having this conversation with my angels right before I drift off to sleep. Them, me pitching the idea. So it's called A Psychic Story. It is a podcast where you have others on to share their stories about their first spiritual experience, what they went through, how others in their life responded and reacted, how we forget after we're born, what our purpose here on earth is, how society can stifle us in reaching our true potential and teaches us these misconceptions. And then you provide people with information and resources available to them. Great idea, right? Me. Tired. Well, first of all, I'm pretty sure that a psychic story is already trademarked by someone else. No, it isn't. I'd need a website. That's easy enough. I don't know the first thing about making a podcast. You can learn. You're pretty smart. No one will listen. Yes, they will. And then the big one. But that means I will have to tell my story. What if people judge me? People will think I'm crazy. I lose friends. I lose my job that I've worked so hard to build. So what? Oh, well, it doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure that this isn't possible. Yes, it is. Fine, I'm really tired, so I'll look into it in the morning. And when I do, you'll see that I'm right in all of that, as if I knew better and know better than the universe. I'm equal parts excited and nervous the next morning when I type a psychic story into Google. And there it is for the second time in my life. Shit, not this again. This is when it hit me, really hit me. There are others out there who are struggling with the same things that I have been struggling with, balancing between two worlds, hiding our real selves, afraid that one day someone is going to find out who we really are. Yes, there are so many spiritual resources out there, classes, courses, books, groups you can join, but no one is really talking about it in the way of encouraging people to really do what they were born here to spiritually do. Did you know that the odds of you existing, being alive, right here, right now, are statistically improbable? Scientists calculated the odds of me, of you, each of us existing in the here and now are one in 400 trillion. The odds of you breaking through this time and into this space to the parents that you have with your DNA structure at the exact moment you were born, one in 400 trillion. 
You've probably seen that quote, no one else is you and that is your power. Well, it's true. No one else has your DNA, your life experiences, your consciousness, your soul, your being. So why you? Why here? Why now? You are a miracle. You owe it to yourself, if not the world, to be only you, to embrace your truth and not hide it from anyone, especially yourself, to tell your story. From Sonia Fitzpatrick, who always was able to speak with animals since she was a child and thought everyone else could until she grew up, to Kim Russo, who, after she accidentally got electrocuted from a light bulb when she was a child, could then see and talk to dead people, to Gary Ramsey, who on the brink of death was awakened to his supernatural talents, we all have senses and abilities beyond what modern day society has taught us to believe. The supernatural, after all, is just the natural, not yet fully explained. So this is just part of my story. I'm so grateful for you letting me tell it, giving me the space to feel comfortable to do so, and for listening to the show. I hope it is helping each one of you feel more comfortable to embrace your own abilities and know that you are not alone, because the world is waiting for you to embrace your truth, your gifts, for your story to be told, your messy painful, joyful, beautiful, unique story that only you can share with others and with the world. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. <music>